Welcome. It's Campo and Joe on the 1010XL podcast page on Facebook Live, wherever else you go to check out some of the stuff that we kick out on the Superstation. I'm Joe C. from XL Primetime. That is former Dallas Cowboy head coach, longtime coach in the National Football League in the college game, Dave Campo. What's happening, Coach? Hey, Joe. You ready nice to go? Nice to see you. Absolutely. You ready to go? It's getting closer and closer to the season. It sure is. Let's roll. Now, we finally got to see some football the other night. I don't, I don't know how good it was, but we're going to get into that a little bit. But we got a lot that we're going to try and do with you. Uh, we've been out to practice. We watched the game the other night. We're going to look ahead to the Jags and the Saints game. And then you're on a big jet plane across the pond. Tell them where you're going. Well, my son, his uh, fiance is in Turkey. And so he's over there now. And we're actually going to go over to Istanbul and then down to Antalya to meet the family. That's cool. And so it's going to be a, a very interesting trip for a couple of weeks. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's yeah. kind of, it's a kind of an adventure. Now, are you have you got a pallet where you can, you know, any international plate? It doesn't nothing scares you. You'll eat anything. No, nothing bothers me. But uh, I'm a little worried about the food. Uh-huh. You know, I'm really an American food okay. guy. You know, I go to American food restaurants. Yeah. So I'm a little bit nervous. But uh, they say it's good food. We'll find out. Good. Yeah, you have to give us a full report. You're a hot dog and cheeseburger guy, but you better take some Rolaids with you. That's all I'm telling you. Listen, this is not like Mexico. Uh, no no uh, deference to you uh, Spanish Mexican people heritage. out there. But yeah. <laughs> well, just make sure that you have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And congrats uh, to the young son. That'll yes. be, that, that's awesome. Yes. All right, so let's get to a few things. Let's get to a handful of things that we're going to try and cover, and we're going to do offense one in one of our podcasts and then defense in the other one. And we kind of got to make some cuts because you're going to be gone for a little bit of time. A lot can change, but let's at least throw some stuff uh, at the folks to start. Uh, A, what did you think of Saturday night's game? Let's, I mean, we can really do that as a whole, offense and defense, what you like there before we start whittling down the roster on the offensive side. What did you take away? Well, first of all, offensively, I was was pleased with the poise of our quarterback, uh, Trevor Lawrence, because, you know, people are kind of down on some of the things because he didn't throw for 150 yards in his limited amount of time. But what he did do was when he got sacked, which he held the ball a little long, mm-hmm. uh, but one of them was clean. Uh, the one that on can, uh, in the, in the first one. Right. You know, he, he didn't have a chance to get that ball off, yeah, but that, the other that pocket one, caved in quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Con got beat right mm-hmm. off the bat. But, uh, th- when he got sacked the second time and came right back and stuck a beauty into Jones uh, for 35 yards, that shows me that he's not overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, has he got a ways to go? Yes. Uh, there's no question. I don't think that they ran the ball enough in the, in the opportunities, and that's right. going to be something that they will do for sure. Uh, but uh, overall, I thought there were some good things. The receivers, you know, Chark is not out there. Right. I don't think that they separated as much as I thought that they should. But they're, you know, it's early. Uh, first mm-hmm. preseason game, I, I did like the fact that uh, Trevor was uh, was poised. Yeah. I, I like to tamp down some of the overreaction because that's usually what we get. Everyone either goes over the top for, uh, you know, we're going to be great. We're going to go undefeated, you know, that type of thing from, from Jaguar Nation. Or, oh, no, we suck again, which is what a lot of people were probably thinking because it was against a, a number of backups for the Cleveland Browns. You didn't see Baker Mayfield. You didn't see uh, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, none of those guys. But this is – it's not going to be easy to turn this thing around. It's not going to happen right away. Just because they hired Urban Draft to Trevor, right? Yes. It, 
they were one in fifteen last year, and there's a reason you're one in fifteen. Yeah. That's hard to do. Yeah, you're on a fifteen game losing streak, Peter. You know that that's hard to do. Yeah, and so you know you look at baby steps at this point right now. You're looking to see, you know, are they improving this position? Are they improving this position group? Mm-hmm. Uh, are they getting a little better at stopping the run? Are they offensively? Are they? Uh, can they make some plays down the field, which mm-hmm. didn't happen last year? Those are the kind of things that you're trying to get at this particular time. And who knows what's going to happen in a season. But I believe when you look at this roster that they have improved. And there were a number of games that they were in a year ago yeah. that they didn't win. All it takes is one or two or three plays different in a ball game mm-hmm. that makes the difference between winning and losing. And I'm confident that with the changes and with the number one quarterback pick and some of the speed that they've added to the ball club, they're going to make some improvement. And whether that's four games, six games, I'm not sure. But I right. know that they're going to be a better football team yeah. this year in my mind. And I feel like you go into a preseason game, you as a former head coach, how much did you prepare to see what the other guy was going to throw at you? Or how much did you spend most of your, or how much time did you spend on making sure that whatever you're going to be, that was going to be your main focus? Forget about what they're doing game plan wise. Let me focus on how I'm going to shape this football team. I've got three, three precinct, three preseason games to figure it out. Well, first of all, with the three, you know, the three preseason is completely foreign to me. Mm-hmm. You know, we were uh, most of the time five. You know, because we played an American lot, bowl most lot. of the time with the yeah. Cowboys. Yeah. But it, even with four games, it was pretty set out how you were going to develop your team. With three, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest thing to me is the first preseason game, we didn't do any study of the opponent. Right. We just went out there and said, okay, we're mm-hmm. going to run the, the sprint draw. We're going to run the... You know, uh, America's favorite pattern. We're yeah. going to do this and that right. and have our guys have a chance to execute. That's what's important in the preseason game. And I think people put way, way too much emphasis on what goes on in the preseason. I agree. All I know is when you, if you're looking and you're really looking, you're looking at what CJ Henderson does. Mm-hmm. You're looking at what James Robinson does. You're looking at what Cam Robinson does. Those are the things that you get out of the preseason. And I think, you know, to do that, you have to stay relatively simple. And you certainly don't want to show anything that's going to be your staple going forward. Yeah, I think you make an excellent point. Uh, pump the brakes as far as if you're thinking, oh, no, you know, this is nothing like I expected. you got to get something out of every game. you got to be able to use this tape to push a few guys. So let's stay on the offensive side right now. You mentioned, uh, you know, Trevor, Trevor, the fact that, that he was swarmed on that first play and, and was able to cover up the football and then come back and make several throws. That out throw to Marvin Jones, that other one when he had a little time in the pocket for 30 plus to Marvin Jones, uh, on a seam route, those were things of beauty. And the thing that I think is really important right now, Trevor went 34 and two at Clemson. He didn't lose a high school football game. He had a lot of good, if not great, around him his entire time. He either overwhelmed or his team overwhelmed the opponent right. more often than not. This is the first this is the first level of football that he's at where everything on that side of the ball is just as good as what he's got on this side of the ball. Right. That's he's gonna have to learn. Yeah, it appears to me that uh he's well well 
position to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the type of attitude he has, he's got a winning attitude, but he's also nice, calm. Right. The and heart's not heart's not racing. No, and and that to me is the most important thing because he'll he'll be able to learn. You know, a couple of the, the times he held the football. Mm-hmm. The one thing about the NFL is you have to anticipate the throw. You can't wait for it to happen. Right. You know, there's separation in college. In the pros, there's not a lot of separation. And I don't think his receivers helped him a whole lot. I, you know, there was, you know, when he held the ball, especially on the one he took the sack on the maximum protection. Right. They tried to throw the over route and it never got there because he didn't have. He didn't have time, but he could have thrown it a little earlier. Mm-hmm. And so he came right back and made a throw after that. I think he's got that mentality that it takes to be able to do that. Yeah, and that's going to be the thing. Uh, the running game, we didn't, we really didn't get to see a whole heck of a lot of it. And that's also going to be real, real important for him to have time to throw. James Robinson, Travis Etienne, we didn't see Etienne with the ball in his hands. All those things have to come together. Yeah, and that will happen. Uh, you'll see a, a little bit more of this Next week, okay. I think Urban was even a little frustrated because he's used to up-tempo 80 plays a game. There were only 50 plays in the game. I know he knew that that was the way it was going to be, but mm-hmm. to see it, you know, he he wants he wants what he wants. Yeah. And, and I think you're going to see a little bit more of that as we get close to that first ball game. All right, so let's get into that a little bit. And, you know, Jaguar fans, you try and keep up with as much that's going on as you possibly can. But if you didn't catch this part of it, Urban Meyer earlier in the week basically said that, you know, why are we not showing everything that we can do? Uh, I want to score points. I want to go up tempo. I want to see a lot of plays. And, and, he, and he mentioned what Coach just said was that you know, they didn't get to run that many plays. Why are we hiding stuff? I think that's uh, I think that's a little dangerous. Uh, that is college as opposed to NFL kind of mindset. You don't give away anything that you want to maybe surprise somebody with in the regular season when the score counts. Well, and the other thing is, you know, you have to understand that everything that he's ever done, there's been no preseason. I right. mean, they had scrimmages, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. But when they line up for a ball game, uh, th- it was for real. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time he's ever been in a football game where he didn't let it all hang out. Yeah. And I think that bothered him a little bit, you know, once he, he, he really thought about it. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, he may try to influence a little bit more of, you know, let's get, let's get going because, you know, mm-hmm. we want to get ready. But the biggest thing is he's got to understand that unpredictability in the NFL. You know, a lot of people look at the NFLs that everything looks the same. Yeah. Every offense is the same. Well, it's changed a little bit with this spread stuff and all that, mm-hmm. and he'll be a little bit uh, unpredictable yeah, as a as a as so. a signal caller. Yeah. So, I think you'll see that. Right. I don't think you'll see it though till the first ball game. And guys like you on the defensive side, you cut your teeth on the defensive side of the football. You want to know what's coming. If you don't, you got to prepare for multiple things, right? Absolutely. But unpredictability is the key to me. You what you see in the NFL is you see a a running play. Mm-hmm. You practice that running play as a defensive guy or team, mm-hmm. and then you get into the ball game. They run the same exact play, but they have a different blocking scheme on yeah. it. Right. You know that's what puts the pressure on the defense. If they run the play the way you practiced it, mm-hmm. it's a dead play. Yeah. 
So, you know, he's going to find out that the unpredictability is the most important thing. Window dressing, formations, all the different things that you do, motion to just try and take eyes off of whatever you're going to try and, and run that bad boy. All right, so uh, this is not like uh, we're finalizing this roster just with one game under our belt. But since Coach is going to be gone for a couple of weeks, let's at least look at the offensive side of the football right now. Uh, guy, like We're playing with the number of a half dozen receivers. Right. And you've got DJ Chark, who's not going to be back until the start of the season. You know he's making the football team. Marvin Jones and Visca Chenault. Those guys are locks. But then after that, you got some tough decisions. Laquan Treadwell has stood out a little bit. I've liked what I've seen from him. He's big. He's physical. Got in a fight today, too, which hey. kind of gives him a little bit of an edge. You don't mind. mind that, right? Yeah, a little <laughs> It attitude. was a hugging. It was a little hugging, but, but a little shows attitude. he's competitive. Yeah. And so, I do, now, tell me if I'm wrong. Does it come down to Laquan Treadwell and Colin Johnson as two physical, bigger receivers? I think the one thing that might separate them is that Colin Johnson might be seen more on special teams. I don't know if Treadwell is going to be. It's going to be a tough decision. uh, It's going to be a tough decision. And we've said right along, I've said right along, Mm -hmm. that fourth receiver spot Mm -hmm. is a big camp decision. You got to throw, you got to throw uh, uh, Dorsett in there. Yeah, Philip Dorsett absolutely needs to be included. You know, those guys, he's a different receiver, but the fourth spot is going to come down to one of those three guys. Now, it depends on how many they're going to keep. Are they going to keep five? Are they going to keep six? Right. Some of it is special teams. Agnew. Yeah, he's got to for be example, in here too. You know, he's got a chance to to make the roster because yeah. he's a kick returner. Mm-hmm. So to me, you know, it could come down to Collins or Treadwell, mm-hmm. but there's a chance that they could both make it because I think they're going to keep six receivers. Okay. And if you go six deep, he's got a pretty good chance of making it. Okay. So then you go on chart. Jones, Chenault. Then you're going to go Colin Johnson and Laquan Trebwell. Then you got to make a decision, Philip Dorsett or Jamal Agnew. Uh, exactly. That's that comes down if, to you know, it, that and, comes down to special teams. Yeah. And again, this is early. Yep. This is at least the idea of yep. where we could be. I think your point though is a good one mm-hmm. from the standpoint: is it Colin or yeah. Treadwell right. because they're the same type of a receiver? Yeah. And they're not blazing fast, but they right. are physical. And, and you got Dorsett, who's a take. The top of the coverage off. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you throw a Tavon uh, Austin Austin in there, who's a uh, who's a quick inside type receiver. I mean, they have decisions to make, but I think they're going to keep six. That's yeah, that's it, what I believe. I mean, it's tough because you you, you got uh, they cut Josh Amaterbebe. I, I really had the name nailed, coach, and then they ultimately waived him. So maybe they'll bring him back, but I think at least he's got a chance maybe to land on the practice roster a little bit later on. Uh, Jalen Camp could end up there. There's a few other guys that we might be looking at. All right, let's look at the offensive line real quick uh, and not necessarily making some declarations on who's going to make it or who isn't, but what did you think of the two tackles and then Walker Little, the backup? Or you can hit the whole offensive line. Well, first of all, I'm a little concerned about the offensive line as I was last year. Yeah. Uh, I think the tackles, you know, uh, I thought uh, Cam Robinson actually made some improvement. I mm-hmm. thought he did some some pretty good things out there, especially in the running game. But again, we're talking about right. pass protection yeah. with with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I was not happy with uh, Jawan Taylor. I thought he was, uh, you know, I'm I'm not quite sure that he has the foot movement to be a tackle. You know, that's the concern. Then you look at Little, and I can see why everybody's excited about him because right. he's an outstanding athlete. He's smart. He's physical. Yeah. But 
he has a ways to go. He, he deep set a little too fast and got bulled because he wasn't wasn't set right power set mm-hmm. and uh so that's going to be an ongoing thing through the preseason and you could even see a possibility if Norwell is struggling physically inside mm-hmm. injury wise right you might see Jawan Taylor move inside if that if if that's the the position to get the top 5 on the field and so you're not afraid of making a drastic decision like that but you only do it if you're forced. Yeah, and I don't want to do it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I you got you know he's got two years of experience, right? Right? He's going on yeah. th- third he's going year, his third right? Year, yeah, yeah. He's got you know a third year of experience. You'd like to have him be that, get himself set. But that's his responsibility, and he's unless I have to, mm-hmm. I'm not making a move. Yeah. Then you bring little along as as fast as you can, and you know you might have an injury, or he may work himself into starting lineup. Uh, backup quarterback, Gardner Minshew, also, and he played behind the ones, but he also saw quite a bit of pressure, too. Uh, where are you at with him and C.J. Beathard? C.J. Well, was okay. Beathard, Beathard came in and did a, an excellent job, but remember, he's going against the thirds. Exactly. The you thirds, have to always remember that. You know, and, and, you know, especially at this point in time in the preseason, after the number of practices, the thirds aren't getting a lot of reps. So, you know, I thought he handled himself really well. He has experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to go out there against the thirds, that's probably an advantage for him. Minshew uh, struggled a little bit, but, uh, you know, I think he still has the, the job set mm-hmm. uh, unless they get somebody to make a trade with. Right. If they think Bethard's a guy. But I didn't see Bethard at all today at practice, mm-hmm. so I don't. Yeah. I, I think it's set that he's going to be the backup. Yeah, probably, unless, like you said, a deal is made. Right. All right, so let's finish up the offensive side. Is there anybody that you would put on on notice that you would be worried about other than what you just said about Juwan Taylor? He's being put on notice as a starter. But is there anybody else that you were looking at that you say, you know, you, you need another game or two to, to prove that you can be part well, of Well, really, the end of the roster mm-hmm. is still up at the tight end position. Okay. You know, you don't know, uh, you know, Farrell, mm-hmm. Davis, uh, you know, those are guys that who knows if they're if if they're going to they're they've got a lot to prove in this preseason. Right. I think Manhurts and O'Shaughnessy mm-hmm. are probably set uh, in, in pretty good shape. I thought right. Manhurts actually caught the ball better. He had a caught, catch in the game, yeah. uh, which was a tough catch. And right. he made it. It was a quick throw mm-hmm. over the middle. And uh, he he made a great catch today in practice. Corner of the end zone. Yeah. So he's, you know, those two guys are set. But who are they going to keep three? Are they going to keep four? They, you know, th- that position is still in flux right now. And uh, Ellerson. Mm-hmm. Ellerson. Yeah, Ben Ellerson. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's three of them that are fighting for maybe a third tight end. That's maybe all they're going to keep. So we'll see. All right. Now let's get to, I love your segue because you were dying to bring up Timmy Tebow. I was dying to bring up Timmy Tebow, um, but let's get to him because he was cut and released one of the first five cut. So let's finish up our, our offensive talk with him. Look, I give him 100 uh, percent credit. Uh, there are a few guys. I mean, I'm looking at Chief back there. This guy would love to try out for an NFL team, but he's not big enough. He's not good enough. Right. He knows that. I know that. But Timmy's like, this is my last chance. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to try and do something that. Well, I mean, if you have the opportunity to do, and he had the opportunity to do it, so I got to give him credit for that. But changing position 
after seven years removed from the game and then come back and play at the highest level, right. really an uphill battle. Yeah, and, and you know, I have to give him credit because a guy at his age that, you know, he's still living his dream, and that's yeah. that's that's important to me. I think that's part of it. The problem that you have is he looked really good when he didn't have the pads on, mm-hmm. but when the pads come on, it's a little different being a quarterback or being a tight end that's taking on defensive ends and – and, uh, That's true. you know, if he's back in the backfield as a fullback type guy, mm-hmm. he's going into linebackers. Mm-hmm. You know, those, that's a different game altogether. Yeah. And I think he kind of disappeared, uh, when he, when he got the pads on. But even more than that, he didn't offer anything in the special teams. Yeah. And if you're going to be a backup tight end, you're going to be on special teams, kickoff return, blocking downfield, those kind of things. Uh, really, the reason he was cut was because, to be honest with you, is because he didn't. Yeah. He was in 16 plays in a game, none of them on special teams. Mm-hmm. So they didn't feel that he was going to be a factor there. And that's why yeah. uh, it was a tough decision, I'm sure, for Urban. Though. Yeah, I think it's extremely fair to point that out because when you when you are down to 53 players, and this is what Herb's really going to have to learn, is that they have to be multi, uh, multi and diverse. And di- right. I can't even talk. They have to be uh, multi-talented <laughs> yeah. and diverse in what they can offer to the football Very team. Very good. You got it. I came you back from it. that. I came back from that. <laughs> All right, Coach. We're wrapping up the offense. All right. So we're going to shift over to the defense with our next podcast just so we can get an idea of what happens on that side of the football. But we always appreciate everybody tuning in to 1010XL with our Facebook page, with our YouTube channel, uh, and always listening to us right here on 1010XL.